Well, good morning. Welcome to church. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to say thank you for coming and welcome. And if this is your first time here, I'm, I'm glad that you're here this morning. Some of you are watching online, and that's amazing. We're glad that you're out there. I know we have a group driving to Branson right now, and they're probably watching live in the bus, which is awesome. So we're Baptists. We count them as here. Um, so, hey, if you haven't ever checked into the service, we'd love for you to do so. You can do so. The instructions are on, on the screen behind me. They're also on your screen if you're watching live. Love for you to check in each Sunday. You should have got one of these when you came in the door. This is the November information sheet. It's got all the things coming up in the month of November and, and some in December. So make sure you grab that and look at that. Uh, one thing that's coming up is an event called Pizza with the Pastors. It's going to be on November 12th. And what this is, is an opportunity to kind of learn, learn more about the church, kind of figure out what it means to be a part and a member of Stetson Baptist Church. And so we'd love for you to join us. We have child care for that. And then you can sign up by text, texting the keyword pizza to that number, and that'll get you signed in. The, the second announcement is this. Well, I won't forget that, I promise. This box. Now, if you're watching online, this does nothing for you because uh, you can't grab it. But we have shoe boxes going to Haiti and the Dominican Republic. There's instructions inside these boxes. And so if you want to bless a, a young family or a family or some kids, grab one of these boxes, fill it up with toys. All the directions are inside, and we'll ship those off to uh, the Haiti and Dominican Republic uh, later on in the year. So make sure you grab one of those on the way out. Um, last thing is this. I don't know if you've been watching, but I'm sure you have the, the conflict in the Middle East, all the stuff going on. I think it's good for us as a church to make that a just an item of prayer. And so before we watch a baptism, uh, which happened last week, let's take a moment and let's pray for what's the conflict in the Middle East. Pray for Israel and pray for God's protection of the people over there. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together. Father God, we love you. And God, we know that you, you said in your word there will be strife, there will be wars, there will be difficult times. And so for so many people right now, they're living in the middle of that. And so for those, those in conflict, those in harm's way, God, we pray for your protection. God, for, for, for military leaders and religious leaders, we pray for wisdom. We pray for patience. God, we pray that your will be done. Uh, for Israel, as they've been in, under attack, God, we pray for, like the Bible says, that you'd bless Israel, bless those people. And God, for us here, let this be a moment of just thankfulness that we can trust you, that we can rely on you, no matter how hard the circumstances are. God, I pray that as the world gets more and more difficult, more and more strife-filled, that your light, your glory, your goodness would shine. And God, that Christians all over the world would utilize these difficult times to make much of you and that we'd see people come to know Jesus no matter how difficult the situation is. God, I thank you for this time. And God, I thank you that this morning we get to celebrate two baptisms that happened last week. God, we do this in your name. Amen. So this is Eric and Carla Franco, and uh, I am so pleased about what God is doing in Eric and Carla's life. Uh, Eric and Carla came to our church probably about a month or two ago, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, they moved here from El Paso, Texas, and when they showed up, their moving van did not. That was fun, wasn't it? So um, this is special. This is a special moment. All right, we're gonna we're gonna turn around here. Nope, just like that. Yep, good deal. Eric. Have you asked Jesus to be your Savior and to come into your life and to be your Lord? Yes. Eric, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ in baptism.
This is Carla. Carla, have you also asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior? Carla, it is by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ at baptism, raised to walk in the brand new world. church. Let's all stand together and come alive in your joyful and sincere worship of our living God. Amen. You know, he's not interested in what our voices sound like. He's interested in what our hearts look like. So let's take this opportunity to direct our hearts straight in front of God and praise him for all he's done and all he will do.
continue to sing. He came from glory, took on flesh to save the lost, grace and mercy displayed upon the cross, our redemption. He's the hope for all mankind, one name over everything. One name over We sing his name.
Jesus, we lift up your name today and we proclaim your greatness and we proclaim your majesty in this place today and through our worship. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Would you please be seated? Amen. Well, it is a uh, special day um, as we have the privilege of being, every Sunday is a special day. You know that? It really is. We have the privilege of being able to come and to worship, to gather together, to spend time together. I will say this is a little bit of a different day in that the sermon today is on fasting. And we're about to share in the Lord's Supper. That's a little different. Now, I I will tell you, though, it actually fits together quite well. Because the truth is that fasting... And, and, and I'll, I'll share this later, but fasting is a purpose to remind us to draw near to God. When we feel those pangs of hunger, it's a, it's a reminder to us to pray and to devote ourselves to him. And the Lord's Supper is a reminder to us to remember what Christ did for us on the cross. And so while they might feel like they're kind of this way, they actually fit hand in hand. In that, in all things, we should be reminded of our relationship with Jesus, of our need for Christ, of our desire for him. And so, uh, just like the song we just sang, that Jesus is over everything. The Bible says that he was given the name that, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. And we have the privilege of being able to celebrate the name of Jesus today and all that he has done in our lives. As we receive the bread and the cup, it is a recognition and a reminder of what, of who Jesus is and what he has done for us in our lives. The grace that we receive from his sacrifice on the cross, the mercy that we receive from his sacrifice on the cross and from his resurrection. And so I just want to ask you, as we pass these elements out, as we pass out the bread and the cup, just take a moment to just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your presence in my life. Thank you for all that you have done. Uh, A couple of quick housekeeping things. First of all, if you're a believer in Jesus and you're in this room or at home, we welcome you to participate in the Lord's Supper with us. You don't have to be a member of this church. If you're at home, you can go find in your pantry something to eat and something to drink. We would love it if it was juice and crackers, but if it's not, that's completely okay. But in this room, we're going to pass these elements out, and we would love for you to participate with us if you've given your life to Jesus. Second thing is, in each one of these little slots, there are two cups. Be sure to grab both of those because there will be the bread in one of those and the cup in the other. And so just make sure that you grab both of those as the elements are passed. If our servers would go ahead and come forward, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of being here in this moment. Thank you, God, for speaking to us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to to feel your presence and to know your love. And God, I pray that you will take these next few moments and that you will show us your grace, your purpose, your mercy, and God, that you will work in our lives. We are grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Let us remember well in Jesus' name. Thank you.
See 
know, sometimes when we hear a song, the, uh, the words can kind of, we can kind of miss the words because we're listening to the music. So I just wanted to uh, point out just a, a verse of that song that you just heard. It says, no fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future, sure, the price, it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus, now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are redeemed, are released, not redeemed. The chains are released. I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Wow, what a great song. What a wonderful proclamation that we are free in Christ, that we have um, a relationship with him, that we can know him, that we can be his, his family, that he redeemed us from all of our sins and paid the price so that we could have forgiveness. I love that where it says that the grave, that he, he rose to overthrow the grave. Do you realize that wasn't just so he could overthrow his grave, but also ours? So that we can experience the, the gift of life. It's, reason, it's really what this moment is all about. As we receive the bread and the cup, it represents the victory that we have in Christ and what Jesus has done for each one of us. So if you'll take that bread and hold it in your hand, the, the bread represents the body of Christ, the body that was broken and beaten and crucified and laid in the tomb and rose again on the third day. It, it also allows us to celebrate eternal life. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks for it and he, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus took the cup. The cup represents the blood of Christ. The blood that was shed so that we would have forgiveness of sins and be pure before the Lord. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood. The blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for the privilege that we have of knowing him and believing in him. And God, I just, God, we're overwhelmed when we consider how much Jesus has given to us. The forgiveness that he has offered by the sacrifice of his own life. And so, God, we're grateful, and we remember. God, allow us to dig into your word. Allow us to hear your voice today, and I pray that you will speak to us in a powerful way. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Isaiah, 
chapter 58, Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to be looking at a, at a passage from that chapter uh, in just a moment. Today's message is uh, a continuation of our series called The Power of Routine. Uh, what we're doing is we're uh, sharing with you and challenging you on some areas that you can uh, implement some routines in your life that will help you to grow closer to Jesus. Over the course of this series, we're going to talk about seven different um, routines, attending worship, uh, reading your Bible, praying. Today we're going to talk, talk about fasting. Giving generously will be next week and then sharing your faith and practicing community. I believe God has a purpose in each one of these. And uh, just from the, the conversations I've had as we've been walking through the first three weeks of this series, it's been, it's been good to hear how God is using these, uh, these messages and, and maybe uh, a, a level of challenge in them. Um, I also realize that different people are going to engage with this in different ways, but we are trying to give you practical touch points of ways that you can, um, ways you can kind of dig into these messages. And we're going to give you a practical way that you can dig into today's message on fasting. Um, let me, before we get there, though, I do want to share, uh, most of you know that, um, that part of my uh, volunteering in the community is I, I serve as a part of the um, volunteer band staff of Deland High School. And so um, I, I, I go out there and help uh, with marching practice and, and go to all their football games and, and marching competitions. And they were actually in a marching competition uh, last night and they received all superior ratings. So our Deland High School band is once again an all superior band. They're a great band. They do a great job and uh, really, really, really proud of them. So yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, on uh, on Friday night, I was uh, I was on the way to their um, their football game, riding one of the buses uh, to Flagler Palm Coast, and uh, they went there. The football team did really well, probably uh, well, definitely entering to the uh, to the football the state playoffs, and so lots of things going on. Just want you to be aware of the things that are going on in your community. But on the way up there, um, I was sitting in my seat, and across the aisle there were um, two uh, two of the students, and and uh, and we were just kind of chatting back and forth, and one. Something along the way came up um, because they know that I'm a pastor, and and they said uh, they said something about me being a priest, and I said uh, I said no, not a priest, a pastor, and so they said, well, what's the difference? And in my mind, I was like, we are on a bus on the way to a football game with a bunch of band kids. I don't know how deep I can get into this conversation. So this is the way I answered it. I said, well, the difference is that a priest, you go to a priest so that the priest can go to God for you. I'm a pastor, which means that I teach people that they can go to God on their own. So that's, I realize for some of you theologians out there that might be oversimplistic, but you understand kind of where I was headed. The idea was I just kind of wanted to give that. So her response was, oh, that's cool. Will you teach me to pray? I'm on a band bus. Will you teach me to pray? I was like, sure. I, don't, I didn't know where this was about to head. She says, there's a prayer that I've heard about. It starts with like our father or something like that. I was like, I know that one. We're good. So we on the band bus to Flagler Palm Coast, me and this girl, I've walked phrase by phrase through the Lord's Prayer. And I could tell, you know, I would say, Our Father who is in heaven, 
And, and she would repeat it back. But I could tell that really it wasn't quite sinking in. She was repeating the words but not really understanding the meaning. And I was like, hey, I just preached a sermon on this last Sunday. This is awesome. And so I, I, we went through once and we got all the words down. Then we went through a second time. And I was able to just kind of explain a little bit about what each one of those phrases mean just really, really quickly. And that was just such a cool experience because we were talking about Jesus and your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. And she was actually in that conversation saying, you know, I really don't know much about Jesus. And, and so we were able to talk a little bit about that. It was so cool. It's one of those moments where, you know, you kind of work and work and work and serve and serve and serve and, and then you get this, you, it kind of says God's, God goes, hey, that's why you're there. It's really awesome, you know. Secondary story to that, my seatmate was another one of the volunteers. Her name is Miss Doris. And she fell asleep. I don't know if you know this, but my voice has a tendency to put people to sleep. Sometimes you prove that right here in this room. But anyway, she's, she's sitting beside me and she fell asleep. And, uh, and so when we were leaving the ball game, I said, hey, Miss Doris, are you going to sleep on the way home too? Just goofing off, you know. And she said, boy, I did fall asleep on the way up here. She said, but I'll tell you what, I fell asleep and I was, I was fast asleep. But I woke up and you were quoting the Lord's Prayer and I was wondering what had happened here. It was an awesome moment, but I just thought how cool that last week, last Sunday, we were talking about prayer in this room, and then Friday night, I had an opportunity just to, to, to be a very gentle gospel presentation, a very gentle message about who Jesus is and what he has done in our lives and how he works, and it all just was so centered. It was also kind of on my mind because so many of you, I, like so many of you, this week, we kind of prayed through the Lord's Prayer each day. We sent you reminders of ways that you can pray through a phrase of the Lord's Prayer. Some of you prayed more this week than you've ever prayed in your life. That's awesome. Some of you prayed one time and you prayed more than you've ever prayed in your life. And that's awesome. Hopefully, maybe more than once. But, you know, the goal is for us to just, for us to apply some of these routines to grow closer to Jesus. That's what it is. So I, I want you to know, and I'm going to go ahead and I, I'm not going to say this a lot, but I just want you to hear as we jump into fasting, I know that we had like almost 300 people say, I want to read the Bible. We had nearly that amount say, I want to be sent the reminders on prayer. At the end of today's message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to register and say, I want to be a part of the fasting process. I'm going to be shocked if the same number of people say yes to this one. And I don't want to just excuse that. I want, you to, I want you to really, during this message and during this time that we have together, to really say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because for some of you, reading the Bible is easy and praying is easily easy. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm, you're asking me to give up food? That's going to be more difficult. But that may be the very thing that God is calling you to do. Following Jesus isn't always meant to be easy. And drawing closer to Jesus isn't always meant to be easy. So I know what I'm about to throw at you is, is going to be a challenge. Just by show of hands. How many of you already know right now where you're going to eat lunch? Yeah, so see, 
our lives kind of center around food, don't they? And that's why God puts this into us. That's why God talks about this in Scripture. We're going to talk about fasting today. Now, to jump into that, I want to just give you a little bit of a definition. What are we, what are we actually talking about? So I found a definition of fasting. I'm going to put it up there. This is what fasting is. It is a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. Let me explain that just a little bit. The first thing that you see there is it is a Christian's So this is something that belongs to our relationship with Jesus. This is something that goes along with our our walk with God. There are other types of fasting, but in this particular case, and what we're going to talk about today, it is really focused on something that should be an expression or a, a, a lifestyle or a decision in someone who believes in Jesus. What we're talking about today. The second word that should stand out to there should stand out to you there is the word voluntary. Voluntary. I will tell you another just quick band story. I was with the staff a lot this week because we had a football game and then we had competition all day yesterday. And so, a pretty common thing for that staff to ask me is, um, "So, what are you what are you preaching on Sunday?" And they know who I am. They know what I do. And so, what are you preaching on Sunday? So, when I said fasting, there were lots of questions. Lots of, well, I'm not listening to that. Well, I'm not going to be a part of that. Well, I'm out on that. I really like food. I completely understand. And this was a statement that I made along the way. I said, listen, I'm the preacher, not the police. I'm not here to try to force you to do anything. It is not about a legalistic attitude. This is voluntary. So I, I want you to know that today. This is a choice that you make. Personally, I think it can be a good choice. I think it could be a powerful choice. I think it's probably a choice that more people need to make than want to, but it is voluntary. It is not forced upon you. It is a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food. So it is, a, it is an opportunity for you to say, I'm going to put food aside for a set amount of time, and, and I'm going to allow my body to not dictate when I'm going to feed it. I'm going to choose to put something aside so that I might be able to focus. Now, um, the, oh, the last statement is, oh, oh, let me say about this. Some people in fasting abstain from different things as well. Some people abstain from social media. Some people abstain from sweets. Some people abstain from caffeine. Some people abstain from um, people. I don't know. Uh, so there's lots of different things that you might, the, the goal of fasting is not necessarily what it is. Some, oh, I, I forgot. Some people abstain from video games. Anyway, so um, the, the goal of fasting is not necessarily about the item. The goal is that we use something that is important to us and we put it aside for a set amount of time so that we might be able to more fully focus on Jesus. That's really what it's about. And then the last thing is it is for a spiritual purpose. It was interesting because as I've been preparing this and as we've been talking about the fact that we had a a sermon coming on fasting, I started hearing through the grapevine that uh, several people were very interested to hear my sermon on intermittent fasting. Um, That's not what this is. 
okay? Um, this is different than that. Some of, you are, some of you have practiced intermittent fasting, and I think that's great. And some of you have done that for your health, and some of you have done that for weight loss. This is not a sermon on that. This is for spiritual purposes. It might actually look very similar, but this is specifically for spiritual purposes. And so we need to kind of wrap our brains around that definition as we walk through this. This is a spiritual practice. If you were to do a study of Scripture, you would find that Moses, David, Elijah, Esther, Nehemiah, Daniel, and even Jesus fasted. As a matter of fact, if you were to look at the passage that we looked at last week in Matthew chapter 6, and you don't have to turn there, I just want to share it with you, you would find that Jesus in red letters says these words. He says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. I share that passage with you because I want you to see two phrases in it. And when you fast. But when you fast. I, apparently Jesus did not think that fasting was going to be an if, but a when. And so therefore it, it is almost set up as an expectation of our Savior. I hope maybe you're starting to feel a little bit of conviction maybe over your denial of, well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to fast. I want to read for you now this passage over in the book of Isaiah. We're just going to kind of walk through it piece by piece. What, What is happening in this particular passage is God is speaking to Isaiah, and by speaking to Isaiah, he's speaking to his people, and he is in some ways, showing them that their fasting has been wrong. And by him showing their fasting has been wrong, we can see ways that our fasting can be right. So it's, it's kind of an opposite uh, application here. But let me, let me jump in and I think you'll, you'll see what it means. It, it says, cry aloud. Do not hold back. This is God speaking to his prophet. Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob, their sins. (laughs) Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. And if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God, they ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. God is saying to Isaiah, the nation of Israel, it's a good nation. They've done good things. They, they, they have this thing inside of them. I, I think that they really do cry aloud. They, they speak out to me. And, and if they were a nation that did righteousness, then I, they, they say the right things. They're just, their hearts are far from me. He goes on in verse 3. He says, this is what they say. Why have we fasted? And you see it not. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? This is God saying, the nation of Israel has proclaimed these things to me. They've asked these questions. Why have we fasted, God, and you don't seem to see it? Why have we we humbled ourselves and you don't even seem to pay attention? And he gives them an answer. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. And you oppress all of your workers. Behold, you fast 
only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. They were doing the right thing but having the wrong attitude. Is such the fast that I choose? A day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? What, will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is just going through the motions enough? Is not this the fast that I choose? So he describes for them what it should be. To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and to break Every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? In other words, have not just this one part of your life that you choose to say, I'm going to dedicate to the Lord, but make sure that that leads to other parts of your life, that you care for others, that you free them, that you take care of them, that you use the things that you're denying as a way to remind you of ways that you can serve the Lord more fully. He says, then, if you do this, then shall your light break forth like the dawn. And your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, hey, he, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking, speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Let me say that again. Remember, he's talking about fasting. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. And make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. And you shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You should be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. What a beautiful thing to know that in our devotion to the Lord, he can work mightily. He works in our hearts and he works in our lives. Fasting, as we see it here in Scripture, fasting is, is all about drawing close to God and expecting him to work. Anticipating that he will do a good work in our lives. There's a lot of scripture there. So I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a summary. Some things that you can maybe write down or take advantage of. But uh, the first thing is that we need to fast in devotion to God. We fast in devotion to God. It means that, that we are not here about ourselves. We're not here about serving ourselves. We are here for the specific and express purpose of saying, Lord, I'm devoted to you. Secondly, we fast enjoy. We don't fast out of uh, obligation. We don't fast out of command. We don't fast out of, you know, and, and say, well, I really wish I wasn't doing this. We, we pick up our faces and we say, Lord, I want to be closer to you and I'm going to let this be one of the things that will draw me closer to you. We fast in joy. 
Thirdly, we fast to draw near to God. We fast to draw near to God so that we might be close to him, so that he might work in our lives. And finally, we fast anticipating God's work. We fast in our lives saying, Lord, I want you to work and I want you to do something powerful in me. Fast in devotion to God, fast in joy, fast to draw near to God, fast anticipating God's work. So now's the moment of truth. I know that this is really, in in many ways, it's an incomplete message because there's so much to say and not enough time to say it. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you this week to fast all week long. I'm kidding. Kidding. I want to invite you, I know that for most people in this room, and I, and I know that I may not be speaking to everyone, but for most people in this room, for you to fast, it, would be, it, would, it might be the very first time you've ever done that for anything other than blood work. This is, this is different than that. For, for many people in this room, if you were to take on a challenge to fast, you would say, well, this, I've, never, I've never done this before. So I want to encourage you to take on a 24-hour fast. And what that looks like is this. You eat dinner one night, and you eat dinner the next night, and you skip two meals, or for some of you that don't eat breakfast, one. And so you simply go from a, from a point on one night to a point the very next night, and in between there is 24 hours. I want to challenge you to challenge yourself to step up and to do something that might be way out of your comfort zone. If you'll do that, and if if you'll kind of take our challenge, what we're going to do is we're going to, first of all, we're going to give you an option. We're going to give you a choice on, you know what, this works for me on Sunday to Monday or Monday to Tuesday or Tuesday to Wednesday, whatever it might be. And you choose the date that might work for you. I know that sometimes, I mean, you may have a, a big breakfast planned with a friend. And, and you're like, well, that won't work for me on that day, so don't choose that day. That's up to you. You get a choice there. But what you are going to do is you're going to, what, what I hope you will do is you will choose a day. And then over the course of that 24 hours, we're going to send you some prayer encouragements, some fasting encouragements. We're going to send you along the way just a few little kind of nuggets of, oh, okay, I need to be thinking about this. We're also going to send you, right after you sign up, we're going to send you a little article that is much more complete than what I've shared with you today about fasting. Something you can read through so that you can understand it a little bit more. But I want to challenge you to just take a step. In our first service this morning, we had about 20 people that took this challenge. I think that's awesome. I think that is phenomenal. Would it have been better if it would have been 30 or 40 or 50? No, because the people that wanted to take the challenge did. I'm not worried about who it is. I'm not worried about a number. But I do think that maybe this is something that you really need to consider. So if you would like to, uh, if you would like to join us on this journey this week, all you have to do, hmm, what are you going to do? 
oh, I know, text the word FAST to 386-734-1991. Now, this is going to be a little different than the last couple of weeks because we've done this a good bit. What's going to happen is you're going to text that number and it will send you back a link. And you've got to click on that link and choose a day. So there's a little drop down. You choose what day will work for you. If you can't do that right now, you can do it later. That's completely okay. But our goal in this is for our church as a whole. I've not defined for you when this should be. I, I will tell you just an idea. Somebody told me this. I thought this was pretty cool. They said that their church recently, um, or maybe, maybe growing up, their church would do this on a regular basis, and they would ask people to fast from Tuesday night to Wednesday night. So they would start on Tuesday night, and they would fast. They would skip breakfast and lunch on Wednesday, and then they would come to church on Wednesday night, and they would eat a meal together. You know, we have a meal every Wednesday night. So that might be a way, oh, and by the way, we're serving country fried steak this week. So it's, it's a good meal. Um, but we would love for you, that might, be a, that might be just a suggestion to you, if that would work for you. That would be a way that our church could all come together. And it, it is a celebration of, oh, I made it. I did it. Over the course of the day, though, as you are going to experience hunger pangs, what those Moments of hunger should be is a reminder to bow your knees, to bow your head, and to pray. Maybe during breakfast time, you go on a walk rather than just sitting there saying, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. Maybe during lunchtime, you walk around just a little bit and and try to get your mind off of that hunger and realize, Lord, I want to spend this time with you. I want to spend this time with you. I want, to, I want to focus on you. Remember, the goal is to fast in joy, to fast in devotion to God, to fast in anticipation of God's work, to ask God to do something. Maybe you pray about something in your family. Maybe you pray about something in our community. Maybe you pray about something in the world. Maybe you pray about something in your own life. Maybe you pray about something in your kids' lives. Maybe you pray for a friend or a neighbor. But spend some time during that time of doing without food, spend some time and and pray and allow the spirit of god to be your nourishment allow god to work in that moment and to accomplish his purpose in your life friend i truly believe i truly believe just like reading the bible just like spending time in prayer i truly believe if we would take this routine on and maybe this is the first of many but if we would take on the routine saying once a week, once a month, once every six months, I'm going to take a day and I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. What a powerful thing it could be in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community, as we focus in on Jesus and all that he is and all that he does. So I'm going to have a word of prayer. Hopefully you've all taken out your phone. It's been, it's been, it's, I'll, I'll say it's kind of interesting. Uh, when I talked about reading the Bible, everybody was like, oh yeah, Bible. I talked about prayer. Oh yes, prayer. Fasting, hmm, I'm going to need to think about that for a minute. I get it. I'm the preacher, not the police. Just consider it. Ask the Lord what he would have you to do. And let's see if God will move in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. 
thank you for your love. Thank you for your provision in our lives. God, I thank you for the way that you show us your peace. And God, I pray that you will speak to us as we spend this time together today. God, thank you for the way that your word has already convicted us. And God, I know that there are people around this room. And God, even myself, God, it's easy for me to preach a message. It's easy for me to think about a message. But God, sometimes it's hard to apply it. And so I pray that you will use this. And God, that maybe you might take this moment and it might spur us on to a greater walk with you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for the challenge you place in our lives. Let us be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, the song we're going to sing today at the end of our time together just simply talks about the fact that our focus, our entire attention needs to be on one person, and that is on Jesus. So we can turn our eyes to him and know that he has a purpose for our lives. And so as we sing this, let it be again a reminder to us of all that he is and all that he does as we walk with him. Let's stand together and let's sing this closing song.